Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Great to introduce the uh, 2021 Jaguar coaching staff. I spent the good uh, portion of last month putting this puzzle together. Uh, it's a mix of really incredible NFL experience when you look at it along with collegiate experience with the transition of the, the game of the NFL moving towards more towards the schematics of, of uh, college football. Uh, qualities I look for are experts at what they do. You know, I believe 904 deserves the very best. I feel great about uh, the staff uh, took a, a lot of time, a lot of effort. Uh, the most interviews I've really ever had in my career to put this uh, thing together, but I feel great about it. Obviously, time will judge and time will test. Jaguars head coach, newly minted head coach, Urban Meyer. Press conference today. Coaching staff announced. It's official. Long time coming. We knew a lot of these names already, let's be honest, but it feel it feels good to finally put these guys to paper to finally know what this coaching staff is going to look like. And let's be honest, there are a lot of names on this coaching staff list here. I mean, I could literally, if I wanted to, I could take up the entire break and just tell everyone's job here. I'm not going to do that, but obviously some of the big names, Charlie Strong, assistant head coach and inside linebackers coach. Joe Cohen will indeed be the defensive coordinator. Daryl Bevel will indeed be the offensive coordinator. Brian Schottenheimer, passing game coordinator. Okay, those are, those are the big ones. Special teams coordinator is going to be Brian Schneider. Um, and also Bob Sutton as well will be a senior defensive assistant. Bob Sutton, of course, the guy that I spent some time in Kansas City with. And we're going to obviously talk about the defense and where it is going forward. I think we saw a lot of telling things today about necessarily the, the coaching staff announcements is kind of telling you what the defense the Jaguars are going to run, but also what Joe Cullen had to say as well. And in a perfect world, that's what I would open with. I would say right now with Zachary Orr, Outside linebackers coach, keep in mind, key word being outside linebackers coach. They're going to have an inside linebackers coach and an outside linebackers coach. So, ladies and gentlemen, we got a 3-4 defense. But let's be honest, that's not the the big story, in my opinion, of the coaching announcements. Okay? It's one of them, but it's not the biggest one. And the whole Chris Doyle thing. Now, if you don't know who Chris Doyle is, he was a he was a, the the sports performance specialist at Iowa. Um, came into some controversy uh, with some former teammates at Iowa, where they accused him of using um, some language and also kind of singling um, them out, basically. And those are all black athletes, so there was you know it was kind of like this back and forth thing of Chris Doyle did this to us. They filed the complaint, yada yada yada. Well, we fast forward, and Chris Doyle is released by Iowa. Now, keep in mind, Urban Meyer, this is his friend. He's known this guy, I believe, since Utah. So they go way back. Here's my problem with it, though. And I think here's a lot of people's issues with it. Today was supposed to be the day where I was supposed to celebrate the 3-4 defense. I was supposed to celebrate the fact that, hey, guess what? We got the coaches in place. Let's start scouting a little bit. Let's look at the college talent, and let's go from there. The, the NFL draft is right around the corner. And if you watch this press conference today with Urban Meyer, not within the second or third question, it wasn't about what went into the, the process of bringing these guys on board. What is the plan going forward? It was about Chris Doyle. 
It was about your director of sports performance. Now, listen, I understand director of sports performance. I've been on a couple of them. That is an important title. Okay? But the question needs to be asked, is the juice worth the squeeze right now? Because if you're Urban Meyer, you're coming into a brand new situation. Right. And obviously there's going to be haters out there regardless. And I'll be honest with you. I'm not even so concerned about the haters. It is what it is. But I'm talking about a team that has been entrenched and that has been marinating in bad optics. It seems like the past three or four years. I'm sorry, probably like the past three years to, to be more specific. The past three years, you're going to bring in a guy. And I don't listen. I, I don't know. if like, Let's assume real quick. Let's go back to Iowa. And let's assume that these players made up everything about Chris Doyle. Not one time was any language ever said in terms of racially charged. Not one time was a black athlete ever put to the side and singled out. That, that, that was all a fabrication. Now, that, that takes a pretty big imagination to think like that. But you know what? Let's go ahead and give Chris Doyle 100% of the doubt. Not saying that's what I really want to do, but let's, for the sake of the argument right now, let's give Chris Doyle 100% of the, uh, of the, of the you know, he, he was fine. It wasn't a big deal. Okay, so that was all a fabrication. If you're Urban Meyer and if you're Shad Khan, you have to have the foresight, regardless of if, if he's your friend or not, regardless of how bad this team needs a director of sports performance, you have to know that there's a tidal wave coming, man. All right, there's going to be an avalanche of of people in the press that aren't going to think very highly of this as they shouldn't. Okay, so whether or not he, you know, those rumors were true or not, it doesn't really matter because we're that was the third question day of the press conference. All right, no, nobody all of a sudden cared about the schemes and nobody cared about who's going to have control of the offense. What was started out with was Chris Doyle, and that's going to be the trend going forward now. And the problem with that, too, is the fact that it's not like you're bringing in a defensive coordinator, okay? It's not like you're bringing in an offensive guru. You're bringing in a director of sports performance. And the way that Urban Meyer kind of stated this a little bit was the fact that, obviously, Urban Meyer is the the top of the command. And then, by my understanding, Chris Doyle, the director of sports performance, he's, like, underneath him. So the strength coaches, the, the, the conditioning staff... The physical therapy people, like, they're going to go through Chris Doyle. So he's kind of spearheading that whole thing. That's where the director of sports performance comes from. But I find it very telling when the questions are raised of what happened in Iowa and the first response. And keep in mind, this is one of Urban Meyer's first press conferences. So we're all waiting here, um, you know, on, on bated breath. Like, we're listening to every single word. At least I was. And when the question of, you know, the race system stuff that got him brought into place, the rebuttal was, we're going to have the best director of sports performance in the entire, you know, NFL. We're, we're, we're not going to have guys get soft tissue injuries. They're going to get the best of the best. That's great and everything. The, the Jaguars need the best of the best. Don't get me wrong. But to sit here and say... That over, well, what happened in Iowa? Did you really go through the process? Now, yes, Urban Meyer eventually goes that he batted him, obviously. Time and time again, he used the, you know, the, the paraphrase vetted. Okay, I got that. But to start off with, this guy's going to be important to sports perform. I don't know, man. I just don't know if I can come with you on that one. And as far as an introduction to a press conference with all your coaches, to me, it didn't come across it in the best light. Okay, and keep in mind, you've been on the job for a month now. And we're talking about bad optics. It started off the show today. 
It's the biggest thing going right now on Twitter. Um, I'm sure the national media is going to have opinions about it as well. Like, this is what we start off with today because you're going to give your friend a shot. And I understand he's your friend. You probably know him better than anybody. But you have to have the foresight to say, well, what was going to happen when you did bring him on? And now we're here talking about it. Austin Lane, ESPN 690, Action Sports Jacks. I'm joined by Coos today. Uh, my partner and esteemed co-host Brent Martineau is on the road uh, traveling to Clemson for, for the Trevor Throw Day tomorrow. Uh, so Brent will be joining us momentarily, hopefully about an hour or so. We hope to get him on. Obviously, that Clemson trek, uh, it's about six, seven hours, and you know they're not going to fly him out there, so he had to drive. So Brent Martineau, the road warrior, is at it again, folks, right? And, and hopefully we get to see a little behind the scenes of Trevor Lawrence, but I doubt that because, by my understanding, he's not going to be able to, to film the workout. So check out your local listings. Go to ACC Network. Maybe it's on ESPN as well. But, uh, you know, Brent obviously had to do some TV stuff with the Trevor Lawrence throw day tomorrow. So, like I said, he'll, he'll be here in a little bit. So it's just me and Kuz holding down the fort. But once again, I mean, overall, and keep in mind, I, I didn't watch the entire press conference because obviously I'm sure it's still going on during the show right now. But the Urban Meyer part I, I thought was was very interesting. Now, I'm not ready to sell Urban Meyer down the river. Far from it. But I think that you had an opportunity – to get Jaguars fans pumped up, to get them inspired, and most importantly, to display that hope. And to me, that was a little tarnished today, and that was a little, well, yeah, we're still excited, but, you know, can, can you explain a little more why Chris Doyle is the director of sports performance? And I guess we're going to find out how good the guy is at his job, right? But like I said, he's not a defensive coordinator. He's not an offensive coordinator, so it's not like we can say, well, this offense is playing really well. Well, this defense is playing really well. I mean, I guess what we're going to see is, do the Jaguars have a lot of soft tissue injuries this year? No? Oh, Chris Doyle's the best. Do they really have a lot of soft tissue injuries this year? Yeah. Oh, well, then how good is he? Like, I guess that's what we got to base how good Chris Doyle is and obviously what the players say about him. And speaking of the players, and this is like from the players' perspective, and I'll be honest with you, I've been in a lot of those locker rooms from a player's perspective, now regardless of what you think of Chris Doyle coming in, I'm not worried about the culture and what Chris Doyle is bringing to the table. Because, and listen, I don't know all the details of what happened in Iowa. Maybe it comes out in a book one day. But to go from the college game to the pro game, it's night and day, man, in terms of how you deal with the athletes. Okay? And while maybe there was or maybe there wasn't some stuff going on in Iowa in terms of, you know, racially charged things, I promise you. And and then I'll put it on anything. I'll put my next paycheck on it. If there's even a smell, if there's even an inkling of any of that stuff that was supposedly reported in Iowa happening, you know, in the locker rooms or happening in the in the training facilities of Jacksonville, Chris Doyle will be held accountable. Okay, and, and when I say held accountable, you know what I mean, because in the NFL you're dealing with grown men, and if there's even a smell, like they're not going to put up with it. So if if it indeed, you know, if there is something, if there's smoke and there's fire, we hear about it, like we're going to hear about it real quick. Okay, so I'm not worried from that perspective. I'm not worried about him coming down and all of a sudden, oh, now the, the, the culture is out the window, stuff like that. I'm not worried about that whatsoever because the players will monitor themselves. And and there is a there is a hierarchy of how things get done in the locker room. And I guarantee you. And I don't care how young that team is in that locker room right now. Could be the youngest in the NFL still. Doesn't really matter. They're going to make sure that on their watch, nothing like that happens. So time will tell. 
obviously it's a story that we'll be talking about a lot because that is the story. You know, that's the, that, that's the story of the press conference. And once again, it's sad that we're at this point, but it is what it is. Now let's get back into the, the whole football side of things a little bit where we should start with. And that's Joe Cullen. That's this defense. And that's also Urban Meyer kind of giving a peek behind the curtain about the offense a little more. Now I mentioned it with Urban Meyer, offensive minded guy. Right. Um, We've seen what he's done in Florida. We've seen what he did in Utah. We saw what he did in Ohio State and bringing Brian Schottenheimer in, you know, like as a passing game coordinator. Okay. Uh, Bringing Bevel in as the offensive corner. Sure. And I thought it was and I'm not sure if you heard it yet. I've been pretty critical of Brett Favre. Have I not? Yes. Big time. And, and, and that's one of my heroes. You know what I'm saying? It's not easy for me to be critical of Brett Favre, but whether it's the Deshaun Watson stuff going on uh, and Favre's opinion about that, whether it's Brett Favre's opinion about the Jaguars should actually take uh, you know, a wide receiver with the first pick of the draft over Trevor Lawrence, whether it's that stuff, I've – listen, the stock right now in Brett Favre, in my eyes, it's dropping. It's GameStop right now. Okay, we're we're at all time low right now, Brett. And just the fact that Urban Meyer, when when explaining, you know, why bring in Daryl Bevel, why bring in Brian Schneider, more specifically Daryl Bevel, and like and and listen, and I'm paraphrasing here, but Urban Meyer said, well, he talked to Brett Favre. Brett Favre was a great friend of his, and I love when he goes. I think you would all value Brett Favre's opinion. In which case, I wish I was in that press conference. I wish I had a question because, you know, dang well, I would have said, yeah, Urban, uh, a couple years ago, but not so much now. But I guess it was on Brett Favre to say, hey, my, the, the, my, the highlight of my career, the best I ever played was with Daryl Bevel. Okay. Now, that might be the truth. So be it. But I'm going to be honest with you. If Brett Favre is the reason why – our offense is the way it is. I'm going to be a smidge nervous. And this is talking to somebody from Wisconsin. Okay. This is talking to somebody who grew up a Packers fan. But you can't let Brett Favre make your decisions. Now, obviously, there's more to it than that. Daryl Bevel, he does have a reputation. Um, you know, he's got the credentials, all that stuff. I just thought it was funny that Urban Meyer mentioned Brett Favre and one of the reasons why this offensive staff was put together the way that it was. Urban Meyer made it very clear. This is going to be an offense that takes after his image of, of what he wants. He has a vision, and he obviously mentioned the first pick of the draft. Didn't say Trevor Lawrence by name. And you know what, Urban? You didn't need to. We get it. I mean, I wish you would because let's be honest. What else are you going to do? But this seems like a guy in Urban Meyer who has this offense already in mind of what Trevor Lawrence is going to be running with it. Now, he's also said that it's going to be a little different than what Daryl Bevel is used to which could be a tell in terms of, well, Daryl Bevel, for the most part, um, you know, he, he believes in the run, but also like in, if in terms of the Detroit Lions and what he brought to that team, uh, there, there was a lot of passing because they had to. So, and you had Matthew Stafford, uh, you had guys like Kelvin Johnson. So they, they got by with passing the ball. But when Urban Meyer says things like it's going to be a little different than what Daryl Bevel's accustomed to, that's got to beg the question. If we're going to see a little more of the quarterback option, a little more of, you know, the read option. And that's kind of don't get don't get it twisted now. Like that's that's where the NFL game is is going a little bit, depending on your quarterback. Obviously, um, the NFL game has never mirrored college football as much as it does right now. 
But when Urban Meyer uses that kind of language, that type of verbiage, it begs the question, are we going to see Trevor Lawrence run with the football? And the answer is probably yes. Now, obviously, you know how I feel about it. Is Trevor Lawrence athletic? You better believe it. Can Trevor Lawrence run? You better believe it. Turn on any kind of uh, playoff football game. Turn on any kind of big game that Trevor Lawrence is playing in and watch him take off, right? Sometimes he feels the need to put the team on his back, use his legs, and get the first down or get the touchdown. So be it. But I think going forward, Urban Meyer's got to be very, very careful about how much um, he, you know, he's going to use Trevor Lawrence in terms of that run game. Another thing that kind of sticks out to me a little bit, and I'm seeing this all over Twitter, and I'll be honest, I don't let Twitter be the barometer of what I talk about and what I don't talk about. Sometimes it helps. Um, there's a lot of people saying, well, these quality can control coaches, quality can control. Like, listen, there's been a lot of quality can control coaches in the NFL, okay? Usually every single team, they have a quality control coach. And what does that mean? Essentially, I would compare it to like a grad assistant at a college, um, it's not really an internship per se because, I mean, you're, you're obviously a part of the team. You, you're on scout team. You get the scouting reports all set up. Uh, you kind of do like the, the odd jobs a little bit, right? So there is definitely stake in quality can control coach, but, like, I'm not going to put so much stake in and say, well, why they – no, I mean, every team has one of those. So that's not what's really perturbing me the wrong way here when I'm breaking down the, this coaching, you know, tree and what we got going on here with this, with this roster. But it needs to be said, you know, when we have verbiage like passing game coordinator, when we have verbiage like senior defensive assistant, corners coach, when we have defensive quality control, which obviously that's not that big of a deal, but when you have things like assistant defensive line coach, and then when you have things like uh, Charlie Strong, assistant head coach and inside linebackers coach, there's a lot of titles here right now. And Urban Meyer even said it himself. And after the break, we're going to talk about this a little more. He's, th- this isn't going to be just one person running the show, right? This is going to be a coalition. This is going to be um, a bunch of people with, with, with their eyes and their skill sets on this. And that's fine. But if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars and if I'm Urban Meyer and I'm a, I'm a defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, you got to be careful about just hands-on all these coaches are going to be. I'm going to explain that after the break here on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. I finished second, right? I lost in the championship to you. Austin Lane. You know what? You didn't win, okay? That's all that matters. I didn't win. Don't don't worry about what you did last year. You didn't win. I didn't win, and I (laughs) auto-drafted. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Yeah, there are a lot of challenges in the National Football League you don't have in college. You know, contracts, how fast. I was hired at a time where, you know, we put in the paperwork, which was fairly new to me. You put in paperwork and want to visit with people under contract in the National Football League. And a lot of guys were, even before I was in my position at uh, at Jacksonville, and I never even got them on the organization to get the interview in. So... Uh, that was new to me. I mean, this was a, it was, I, I don't want to say college is much easier, but college, you don't have the same issues as far as contractual obligations to NFL franchises. And I, I mean, for every spot, there's multiple interviews. And it was, uh, expertise is what I like to say is, you know, I, uh, as I will tell our team that my job is to provide you with the best of the best of the best to enhance your value as a player. The best of the best of the best. And Kuz, what do I say? When you give them the best of the best of the best, a price must be paid. So get ready for training camp. 
might get ramped up a little bit. I mean, that's the way it is, right? So I mean, I'm not going to say, like, oh, let's call the grievance gate right now and say Urban Meyer's running two hours of a training camp. That's not what I'm saying. But obviously, when you say you're going to have the best type of things, that does come with a consequence. That does come with a price. Action Sports, Jack Sharon, ESPN 690. Austin Lane, my co-host Brent Martineau, should be joining us here in the next 30 minutes or so, setting up for Trevor Watch there in Clemson. Uh, Trevor Lawrence throws tomorrow. Um, Going to put that arm to use one more time before he takes some uh, some time off to recover from that sh- uh, the shoulder surgery. Obviously, it's a non-throwing shoulder, so nothing to really get worried about. But uh, Brent's there covering that. Um, I'm not sure in terms of the audio, in terms of the interviews, who he could get. Uh, it's going to be pretty much on lockdown, and they're kind of using the whole COVID thing as an excuse. So, like, you know, if you're like a local Jacksonville media person, you can't see Trevor throw in person. Now, if you're an ESPN, something like that. But, Coos, see, this is where saying you work for ESPN comes into play, right? Like, w- when I go to the Super Bowl, it's always about, yeah, I'm with ESPN, <clears throat> 690 Jacksonville. Or it's like, hey, who are you with? Yeah, I'm with ESPN. 690 in Jacksonville. Like maybe, maybe I whisper that last part. It's like the uh, the thing that Nittany Lions put out ahead of the Super Bowl. It's exactly like that. By the way, do we ever even talk about the Nittany Lions? What they did there? I don't think we ever got to that. Shame on them. Oh no, right. I like that. Sh- Excuse me. That was good. Yeah, but then they also got punked on. You see, nonstop. Well, everyone's making fun. Yeah, of everyone it. remade a bunch of stuff. Because essentially, they said what for the past however many Super Bowls. I think they said they had a player that was a Nittany Lion in the Super Bowl. Except for, like, five. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, no. In the bottom, in the fine print, and you know what they say, the devil's in the details, in the fine print, except for five. That's exact, and that's a good call, Kuz. Yeah, that's I think exactly like what that. I do when I set up interviews. Austin Lane, ESPN, 690 in Jacksonville. So, <laughs> anyways, though, so Brent will be joining us momentarily. Uh, hopefully, he can hop a fence or so. Well, he can't really hop a fence because it's going to be indoors. Hopefully, he can hop through a window and maybe get some exclusive Trevor Lawrence throwing footage. But let's be honest, I'm not sure Brent is much of the rule breaker. And that's why I'm not at the trip either because I'll be breaking all the rules. Urban Meyer press conference today. Coaching announcement press conference today. A lot of coaches uh, talked. We'll get some of that audio later on. Uh, We had Charlie Strong speak. Uh, Joe Collins spoke as well. Um, Brian Schottenheimer just said it's coming into the studio. I was hearing Brian Schottenheimer a little bit. And it's interesting from the Charlie Strong perspective because by my understanding, uh, he's going to be the number two. Like it's going to go Urban Meyer, Charlie Strong, and then the coordinators after that. Like Charlie Strong is in a very – very powerful position right now and you got the sense listening to the interview is that the plan is to parlay that into a future head coaching gig right so while he is the inside linebackers coach and i mean that's a that's a title on its own right he's also going to be kind of the second in command if you will at least that's kind of what he per you know pervaded, and also urban meyer pervaded as well that was urban meyer's first uh, coaching hire actually and a guy that was very high on his list and charlie strung not only from the friendship, but obviously how Charlie Strong kind of runs a program, too. And, and I've said it many times. That Charlie Strong personality that I saw in Texas on the sideline, it was it reminded me a lot of Urban Meyer. Now, I'm not sure what kind of relationship they had at that time, but I'm just saying 
you know, kind of the mannerisms, kind of the way the program was ran. You know, I, I don't want to say a military-esque, but, like, you know, like, I mean, accountability is absolute. Let's call it like that. I felt like Urban Meyer and Charlie Strong were cut from the same cloth. So I'm not surprised at all that it seems like Urban Meyer is kind of, I don't want to say grooming, but, you know, he's basically showing Charlie Strong the ropes a little bit. And hopefully Charlie can parlay that future down the line into a head coaching gig himself. Another word that you heard a lot, it seemed like, during this press conference was the phrase collaboration. Um, I heard Joe Cullen use it a couple times in, in terms of, you know, bringing all these defensive assistants on, these senior defensive assistants, all that stuff. Um, I think Urban Meyer said the word collaboration one time, and maybe Charlie Strong said it as well. Collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. Listen, collaboration can be a beautiful thing, okay, whether it's with – Movies, music, like anytime a bunch of great artists get together, it's great. It's fantastic. You you can get you get some good things out of that, right? But when it goes south, and this is my issue with collaboration, and this is my issue with essentially you have to ask yourself the question, do you have too many cooks in the kitchen right now? When you have senior assistants, when you have specialists, let's just call them, right? Court, passing game coordinators, things like that. When it's going good, everybody eats. Everybody gets the shine. If you're Urban Meyer, you can say, so-and-so did good, so-and-so did good. If you're Urban Meyer in front of your team, you can say, yep, this coordinator did good, this specialist did good. All that stuff is gravy. But with collaboration also comes sometimes a consequence. And when you talk about sometimes when things go bad, and let's be honest, it's the NFL, okay? And you're not the Chiefs, you're not the Buccaneers quite yet. So we can assume that some things will probably go bad during the season. That's just that's the way the league works. When it goes bad, though, that's where you got to really find out what you have in terms of collaboration. Not only from a coaching standpoint, but also a culture standpoint. And I put it to you like this. Let's go back to 2012. All right? That was Mike Malarkey's only year. Won two games that season. One of the worst teams in Jaguars history. I got no problem putting that out in the airwaves because it's true. At the same time, our defense, for the most part, I mean, it was okay. Uh, let's be honest. We didn't really have complimentary football. Uh, I'm not going to point fingers at the offense. It was the offense's fault. It was, it was a collective's fault. But obviously, we weren't getting a lot of help from the offense. And when that happened, obviously, our defense, you know, kind of sputtered as well. And I've told the story before a little bit. When, when you're a defensive guy, you're not playing well, and it's a road game, you're on the playing back well, then what do you want to do? Do you want to point the finger and say, well, certainly it's not my fault. Why do we suck so bad? Whose fault is it? That's the first thing you're going to do when stuff goes wrong, whether it's in a business environment, a football environment, or maybe even a family environment. When it hits the fan, we get to pointing fingers, okay? And when you have a collaboration, when you have a lot of cooks in that kitchen, and let's say it goes bad for whatever reason, who's pointing the fingers, Okay, who's taking the responsibility? Now, obviously, you're going to say, well, that's Urban Meyer's job. That's the coordinator's job. And maybe in the media, that's how it's going to operate. But I'm saying behind the scenes, I'm saying peeling back the curtain a little bit because I've seen it firsthand myself. I've seen an organization in Chicago uh, where I got cut, you know, obviously during training camp. I come back towards the end of the season. They've won a couple games all year. It's the most you know, disappointing season in Bears franchise history. And, and I saw how the coaches were treating each other because it wasn't going good. 
And I saw who was throwing everybody under the bus. And I'm talking about coaches and coordinators in the same position. Not saying, oh, the defensive guys met the offensive guy. I'm talking about the same umbrella. I'm talking about an absolute mess because it wasn't going good. So in my opinion, it's Urban Meyer's maybe the, the most important goal of all right now, set aside from the scouting, um, you know, take a look at free agents and evaluating the current roster right now. But set aside from that, an important job of Urban Meyer right now is establishing the chain of command and establishing the communication. Because like I said, it's going to be easy if you if they come out there and start winning games right away, which is a big if in itself. But I'm just saying, if they start winning games, cool, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone's getting the shine, passing game corner, shine iron, doing a great job. Daryl Bevel doing a great job. Joe Collin doing a great job. Bob Sutton, I see you, man, doing a great job. That's great. But if it goes bad, there has to be accountability and there has to be a finger pointed at somebody. Okay, so you have to establish the lines of communication. You have to establish what everyone's job truly is, because let's be honest. I just talked about Charlie Strong. Now, yeah, Charlie Strong is in for inside linebackers coach right now, and he's assistant to the head coach. But let's be honest. Charlie Strong's got bigger aspirations than what he's doing right now. I think everybody does. That's the nature of the NFL. You start as a – usually the way it works is you start as a position coach. You work your way up. You become a coordinator. And with a little bit of luck and with a lot of winning, you become a head coach one day. That's the name of the game. So when we have this many guys trying to vie for maybe that next spot up, maybe trying to, to, to vie for a promotion or even vying for keeping their jobs, there's going to be a lot of cooks in that kitchen. And it's Urban Meyer's job. And keep in mind, this is Urban Meyer's job – with his first year in the NFL, of setting up the chains of command and setting up the lines of communication. Because if he doesn't do that, and this season goes south really quick, you might have some issues. Now, this is all hearsay right now. This is all, like, in theory. But I'm just telling you right now, I don't want to be here week 12, week 13 of 2021 talking about oh man what what a mess the organization is like who's who where's the accountability stand i don't want to have those conversations so to save myself from having those conversations the chain of command must be established the players must understand it the coaches must understand it and then you move on from there but time will tell just what that means joe cohen jacksonville jaguars Man, Kuz, the only thing I regretted about today, and keep in mind, I had to record audio. I was doing it all today, Kuz. Usually this is my, you know, before I get to the show, I take a nice little 20-minute nap. I recharge my batteries a little bit. I'm not trying to show off. You know what I'm saying? Just a little 20-minute nap. Just something to kind of go with the flow a little bit and recharge my batteries. But I couldn't do it today. A lot of hype around the press conference. A lot of hype around the 3-4 defense. And plus, I had to record the audio. By the way, Kuz, how's that audio for you? Pretty good? Yeah, it was a great job, man. You're welcome, right? Hey, this is me taking the next step. Meet, yeah. per, meet professional Austin. It's good to meet you, man. Well, it's good you did that because I saw Brent's uh, email about how they obviously had gone live. Yeah. And I was nowhere near somewhere that I could record on. No. Oh, boy. Well, and listen, what people don't realize, too, with Kuz, and listen, we we have a lot of fun at Kuz's expense sometimes. He's, he, he can be the punching bag every once in a while, which is insane because I don't need another punching bag. I get that enough after the show in my MMA well, that's gym. Like, you know, like, the, like you said, the, the uh, small – fine print yes of being a producer is just be the one that gets the blame no for sure for sure but with that being said i mean i think 
I mean, Brent's got a lot on his plate, too. But you want to talk about a dude that's got a lot in his plate that you're never going to know about unless we have, like, a really boring show where we got to talk about something. Can we do a 30 for 30? <laughs> a 30 for 30 on the Coos. Uh, Coos has a lot of things on his plate, man. And, and in terms of not, not only our show, obviously, but uh, a bunch of shows in the Cox Media family, let's just say. So, yeah, anything I can do to help you out, man, you know, obviously I'm going to do that. Uh, but people don't under, they don't realize. And I, one time when a when a podcast isn't on Spotify or whatever like that and people get upset, like, Coos is trying his best. He's not deliberately trying to sabotage the show. He just has a lot going on. Yeah, sometimes like like the uh, the third hour of yesterday's show got posted a little bit later than yeah. normal. Yeah. I had to go on a date. So afterwards, I went back and I put the podcast together and put it out there. <laughs> now, did anybody were they upset because it didn't come out on? No, you I know, people people are creatures of habit, man. They I know. Expect so their I was worried at a certain time. I was actually most worried about Andy because he's over in London, so that's a different or Eng- I don't know somewhere over there, which it, which might be Brett Martino's burner account. We haven't established yes, that yet. But, but I yes. was worried time differences. He might be like waking up or or getting ready for sure. work and be like, "Yo, where's the third hour?" Sure, sure. So, yeah. But thankfully, where'd you go on the date? We went on a gym date. I actually went to Pure Bar with her. Gym date. Yeah. So you guys worked out together. Yes. Do you know what Dante's Inferno is? Yes. You, you, do you know like the, the the eight things of hell? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and add another one to that. If I ever had, and I, I love my wife to death, but <laughs> if we ever worked out together, so help me. It just wouldn't be good. And guess what? YMCA is offering free memberships now for former NFL players and their families. Before it was just me. Oh, now no. it's the family. <laughs> so she's she's going to try to get on board with that free gym membership. You better believe we better schedule our times apart. Because the last thing I want to see is like her in the squat rack not going 90 degrees and then me having to say something <laughs> about it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, yeah. it's going to happen. I'm like, hey. Let's get a little lower you gotta there. Go huh? lower. You gotta go lower. I'm low enough. I'm like, no, you're not. You're hurting your back. And yeah, it's just, it's a nightmare. But you actually had a gym date with your fiance. At Pure Bar. It was, it was what, really cool. And, and what is Pure Bar, by the way? Oh, so I, I don't know a ton about like different. You're really selling it right different now. Different styles. Going. I don't know a bunch of different styles, but I think it's kind of like Pilates in a way. Okay. And they work off a dance bar. So there's like a bar off the wall. Oh, it's like. I mean, I don't call it like ballet, but like you, you're stretching and stuff on the bar. A lot right? of stretching and a lot of very, very slight movements okay. in like in whatever muscle group you're working. In. Right on. It was cool. I mean, look, it's not it's not my cup of tea to like do as an actual workout every single day. Yeah. But they do like you know once a month they'll do like a thing where you could bring up your boyfriend and they do like a date night. Thing. Okay, so now this is funny because you mentioned boyfriend. What was the girl the guy ratio in there? And don't lie to me. I was the only guy. <laughs> Out of how many girls? Uh, Women, I guess. I don't know. I guess we're adults It was actually a smaller class. The first one, this is the second time I've done it. The first time we went, there was probably like eight couples. Okay. Uh, This one, I guess everyone bailed but me. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was me, uh, my fiance, and five or six other women. Okay. Did you feel kind of singled out a little bit? Were they kind of giving you a hard time? Yeah, because there were certain workouts that I felt sure. like I couldn't do. Like, you're supposed to almost do a split. I'm not that flexible. Oh. So, <laughs> you no, know. No, dude, I'm with you, man. And let's be honest here. We're kind of getting sidetracked, but that's okay. That's what happens on our show sometimes. But, like, I have the same problem when I go to yoga. I do this yin yoga class. And yin yoga, it's more of like a, a breathing, meditating type of yoga because, okay. hey, yeah. I don't need to exert myself stretching. Okay, I'll be honest right now. I just want to get the stretching benefits without the, the, the sweating of stretching. Let's just say that much. And when I go in there, I'm usually the only guy as well. And, like, you walk in, man, and you just kind of feel singled out, right? Because women – and this is science. It's not. I'm not being sexist here against men. But women are a lot more flexible than dudes, 
All right, simple as that. Did you ever have the presidential fitness test in high school? The Pacer test? No, the the, the presidential fitness test. It was oh, like yeah, where's a bunch of different things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have that stretching thing where you had to put your feet in the in like the box and then you, and had, then to, you had to reach as yeah, far forward? Yeah. I couldn't even make and it to the box. It was called the sit and reach, right? Yeah. Thank you very much. I'm the same way, dude. Never made that. <laughs> hey, I was like negative. Like I almost failed the fitness test because I couldn't stretch my like with my hamstrings. I couldn't you, stretch out there. Did you have the pacer test though? Oh yeah, we had the pacer okay, test okay. too. But I love the pacer test. It was. I mean, I you know. I, mean, I, I felt I good. Was like right. our I just school, tried. Our I just school, tried. Like, tiered it out where if yeah. you did 70 you got a c if you did 80 you got sure. a b if you did 90 you got an a so a lot of kids in our school were like let's just get to 80 and then we're done so no. we're not sweating the rest of the day well, and listen i don't know if this is like a bill clinton thing back in the day or whose idea this was maybe george bush i don't know whoever it was but listen pull-ups got it push-ups done broad jump thank you very much okay yeah, beeper nope, test no nope. let's go hey i was i mean if there was like a games for that i would have crushed all those i would have been like top tier top one percent the sit and reach with that box, negative. Like, I mean, it got to the point where I almost failed the thing, all right? And this is my point. Every one of my friends who, who was dudes, like, we can't even touch the thing. But every single girl in our class, oh, yeah, let's get 20. Oh, the whole way, let's essentially, get yeah. Let's get, I mean, literally, they had to like, get two boxes sometimes yeah. for these girls because they were so flexible. And yeah. I'm like, that, that, it's not fair. And so Bill Clinton, I'm not sure who I needed to direct the blame for for the presidential fitness test. I forgot about that test. But it's somebody. Somebody's got to get a stern talking to you because <laughs> you, you can't have the same. Like, listen, I understand in terms of the pull-ups, yes, girls obviously can't do as many as guys usually. Now, sometimes there's special exceptions, that, I, so be it. I wasn't able to do a pull-up yeah. until I graduated from college and started going to the gym more. Don't, But don't tell me that, though, huh? <laughs> Who's... You know, like, listen, don't tell hey, me that, I'll, though. I'll call myself out. I wasn't working out. Yeah, but don't listen. tell me that, though, right? Because now that's going to be more ammunition for me. But yeah. all I'm going to say is, listen, the girls had it made in terms of sit and reach. Yeah. That 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 was a contraption from hell, by the way. Like, I still have nightmares about the sit and reach back in high school, man. But listen, we kind of got sidetracked a little bit. Let's go ahead and talk some more 3-4 defense when we get back here on ESPN 690. Way to uh, ball has evolved now, whether it be on a professional level or the collegiate level. You, you got to be very multiple on defense. You know, sometimes you can show three down. You know, sometimes you can show four down. But it, it also goes back to the personnel. And, you know, we've been evaluating our personnel here in you know, the last uh, a few week, uh, few days that we've been in. And so we, we know this, that we have some personnel here, but you always want to get more. And, it, and it's going to be conversations here in the next upcoming days where we go around each position and each position has a chance each position coach has a chance to talk about his personnel and what his needs are but uh, but you're looking at defenses it's we're going to be very multiple and you're going to have a chance to hear uh, coach Cullen here in a second but we, we're going to be very multiple and you have to be multiple just because of the way offenses are now assistant head coach inside linebackers coach Charlie Strong I like what he had to say. You know, I mean, like I said, there's going to be collaboration. That can be good. That can be bad. Time will tell. But I do like the the fact that Charlie Strong, listen, this is a young up-and-coming guy, a lot of energy, um, accountability is absolute, all that cool stuff. Like, 
I'm for that. But the, obviously, the, the problem is going to come. Does everybody fit in the role, co- you know, cohesively, or is there going to be problems? All right, well, this guy goes here, this guy goes here, and this guy wants more, that guy wants more. Like I said, time's going to tell. Austin Lane, Action Sports, Jacks, ESPN 690. Join now, I believe. I think we got him. They're the road warrior himself, Brent Marneau, coming back from the place where it looks like you went back in time a couple, like about a week ago because you're back <laughs> at that wing spot again, man. What's going on? Yeah, we uh, special thanks to our friends here at TD's uh, restaurant right across from the Clemson campus. As uh, I gave him a heads up this morning, I said, hey, you got spot for me? And you guys thought I came up for Trevor Lawrence's throw day or pro day tomorrow morning. No, instead I came up for the Tiger Fever wings. They were just that good. Yeah. when I had him uh, last week. So here we are. I just said uh, to the folks here, I said, you didn't think I'd see you again for maybe years, if ever again. Here we are, like a week later, uh, back uh, at, in Clemson, South Carolina. So I uh, took the drive today. You know, it's funny, uh, Charlie Strong would be very happy you said young and energetic. I mean, he is 60 years old, and he is uh, he, he has that youthful nature about him, though. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting to see – Charlie say about Urban Meyer when he saw him in the summer, hey, let's give, let's go one more time here, man. Let's get together one more time, uh, however it's going to match up, wherever it is. And uh, it turns out it's in Jacksonville. Uh, I will say this, and I know you've talked a lot about it, so I don't want to rehash a lot, but I do want to get into some of uh, what you discussed further. We're going to talk defense in this segment. But just a quick overview. It seems like these coaches are excited to be with Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. Why they are here in Jacksonville is because of Urban Meyer. And sure, he's given them an opportunity. I get it. Uh, and there's only so many of these kind of jobs. I get it. But their excitement level is with Urban Meyer. Keep in mind, Charlie Strong, I think, was rumored to be going to Florida, back to Florida, on Dan Mullen's staff. And it sounds like he chose to come with Urban Meyer in this role as the right-hand man. So I found that interesting uh, during today's availability with the new coaches. No, without a doubt. And, you know, kind of echoing a little bit about the whole Charlie Strong thing. Like, listen, they understand the opportunity at hand. Like, Charlie Strong's going to want to parlay this. I think looked into something else. And I think a lot of these guys are. That's the nature of the beast. And I think Urban Meyer has surrounded himself with a lot of guys that he trusts, number one. Um, he's surrounded himself with a lot of guys, obviously, that have a lot of experience in the NFL. Or most of them are a lot of experience coaching, per se. And he surrounded those guys, I feel like, with a lot of high-energy guys. And a lot of guys are obviously put their best coaching foot forward and give you know these players all that they have. Yeah, no doubt, and I I think part of that is um, Charlie's a, a good man. Everybody says it, too. You know, everybody asks about Charlie Strong. He's a good man. So from the defensive point of view, they're going to be multiple, right? But they're going to show us some 3-4, right, Austin Lane? Yeah, you know, I kind of talked about this a little bit in the beginning, but anytime you have an outside linebackers coach and an inside linebackers coach, you're going to run a 3-4 defense. Now, I'll be honest. Joe Cullen said a lot of great things today, and we'll talk about that hopefully coming up here soon. But the fact that he understands what's going on, he's going to tailor his defense to what he sees. Because keep in mind, this is a new situation right now for Joe Cullen. He doesn't know all these guys in the locker room quite yet. He hasn't watched film like religiously on them yet. But he's going to find out what they do well, and he's going to put them in positions to succeed. That's what I like today from this press conference, especially Joe Cullen. All right, I've been waiting for more Joe Cullen stuff from you until they announced. Finally, we can talk a little more Joe Cullen. What does it mean? And the offense is something Urban Meyer got excited about. Uh, hear from Daryl Bevel about what he expects to see out of Trevor Lawrence tomorrow as the Jaguars will be up here as well. And we will talk more about the controversial move to Urban Meyer's coaching staff. It's all in the way. A couple more hours to go. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. 
Live from the road once again, Clemson, South Carolina. It's Trevor Town. <laughs> 